Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Beautiful. <clears throat> you may be seated. How many of you set yourself in agreement with me today for utterance and that which is just needed for this time and this, this place? Amen. So, Father, we come together today in agreement asking you for utterance, asking you for revelation. In truths, Lord, perhaps we have seen and yet not seen. In truths we have read about, but it hasn't quite registered. We pray the eyes of our hearts to be flooded with light. We give you glory and praise for this time that we have together. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. amen. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 10 and notice verse 9 and 10. Now the New Testament speaks of three different kinds of confessions. Number one, when a person is convicted of sin, what they do is they confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when they do that and believe that and say that, Jesus comes into their life and makes them a brand new creation. And then once a person is a believer like you and like me, if we fall short, if we step out of the love walk, if we get over in the flesh, if we say things or do things that we ought not to say or do, 1 John 1, 9 belongs to the believer. And that says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's for the believer. Now, a person that doesn't know Christ doesn't need to confess all their sins because just like me, I couldn't remember all of them. So thank God we just come to the kingdom of God by acknowledging Jesus Christ as our Lord and he cleanses us. Amen. He makes us brand new. Now, the third type of confession that we're going to be dealing with uh, this month is the believer's faith in the word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ and in God the Father. Now, the Bible teaches us that once you get saved, you do so because you believe something and you say something, not just because you believe. Now, notice in Romans 10, 9 and 10, let's read it together. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe where? In thine heart, in thy spirit, that God has raised him from the dead, what will happen? Now notice verse 10. Read it with me if you would. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we see here that not only does your heart have something to do with it, but your mouth has something to do with it. Words have something to do with it. A person will not be saved just because they believe it. It is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. There is this connection between the heart and the mouth. We must make sure that our believer and our speaker are hooked up together. Amen? And so then it brings salvation. But I've discovered that everything that you receive from God comes this way. It comes the same way. Notice with me in Mark 11 and verse 23. Let's go over this introduction carefully so that we can lay a good foundation. In Mark eleven twenty-three, 23, we see the same thing. 
Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where? In his heart, but shall believe, of course, in his heart, that those things which he believeth, no, those things which he saith shall come to pass. What's he going to have? He shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith is always expressed in words. Faith must be released in words through your mouth. Now you'll notice in Mark eleven twenty three that the word believe is used one time. And that the word say or saith is used three times. The Lord Jesus Christ told Dad Hagen this, and I quote, You'll have to do three times as much preaching about the saying part as you do the believing part because people are not missing it in the believing heart. They're missing it in the saying part or in the confession part. Gloria Copeland said this, for faith to be operative and active in our lives, it must be in two places. Say it with me, in my heart and in my mouth. Now, unfortunately, when most of the body of Christ thinks about the subject of confession, they think of confessing their sin, their weakness, and their failure. And that's one side of confession, but that's a very negative side of confession. There is a positive side of confession. And the Bible says a whole lot more of saying God's word than talking about how weak and how sick and how poor we are. Matter of fact, the Bible doesn't even say to say those things. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Why? Because he's redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. Believe it. Say it. Have it. Amen. So what is confession? The confession that we're talking about. Confession is simply this. It's declaring what you believe to be true. It is testifying to a truth that you have embraced. Hebrews 4.14. Notice this with me. This will help us define what confession is, maybe even more clearly. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 14th verse says, Seen then. That we have a great high priest. Aren't you glad we do? That is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now looking up that word profession in the Greek, I've discovered that it means this. Let us hold fast to saying the same thing. Confession means to say the same thing about oneself that the Father and that the Lord Jesus has said about you. The word profession also means confession. And the Bible says that Jesus that is passed into the heavens is the high priest and the apostle of our confession. He has been sent He is a sent one to see to it that what you believe and you say comes to pass. For he is a faithful God and he watches over his word to perform it. So if he's watching over his word to perform it, then I must give him something to perform. 
I can't just sit here all day and believe and believe. I've got to release with words what I believe so I can give him something to work with. Look at your neighbor and give him something to work with, would you? So the word confession, it also means to acknowledge. It means to own. It means to acknowledge faith in. I like to look at it this way. Confessing God's word is not only saying the same thing, but it's also agreeing with him on what he said. How many of you like to walk with the Lord? The scripture says in Amos 3, 3, that we cannot walk with him unless we are in agreement with him. You know, if I have people that are around me that are constantly disagreeing with me, it doesn't bode well. You know, it doesn't, it's not something that I look forward to fellowshipping with a person that is constantly negative, constantly in disagreement. Amen. Well, you know, God says, if you're going to walk with me, agree with me. I've already set the pattern for you to walk in. I've already established the boundaries for your life. I already told you what will work for you. So come in line with me and make your speech align with my word. Amen. Somebody say, that's good teaching, pastor. Oh, glory to God. So confession then is basically in three areas. Number one, who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. Not what we were in the world. Amen. But who we are now that we're in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's why I don't stand up here and tell you, hello, my name is Mark and I'm a recovering drug addict. Now, you know my testimony. You know that I was bound by heroin, but that was the old man. I'm now a new man. I'm not a recovering addict. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not one drink away from alcoholism. I'm not one shot away from a, 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 a redo of heroin. No, thank God, I'm delivered. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, I do understand that AA and NA utilizes that, but that's kind of the, the, just the, the, the level where people kind of pull themselves up by the bootstraps until they can get an understanding of glory to God, who I am in Christ. My higher power is not that chair. My higher power is the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. He's done great things for me, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to declare it. I'm not going to insult him by talking about my past. I'm going to glorify God today and I'm going to glorify my God in my future. Amen. Amen. So, number one, confession revolves around three things. Who we are in Christ. You will see in the book that we pass out to you today, scriptures chuck full of that. Number two, what we are in Christ. And number three, what we can do in Christ. Say this with me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In Christ Jesus, I have redemption. In Christ Jesus, I have forgiveness through the blood of the Lord Jesus. Because of the work of Christ... I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. 
And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the rhema, by the spoken word of my testimony. See, if we will center in more on scriptures, what will happen is we'll start coming up. Our mind will become renewed. We'll start seeing things that we've never seen before. We'll put ourselves in a position to grow spiritually simply by saying what God says about us and being in agreement with Him. Amen. Amen. So, who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ. I love this statement. I heard this years ago. Listen very carefully. We don't have a choice whether or not we live by words. We do, however, have a choice of what words and whose words we live by. Amen? So, living by the Word of God is your choice. Living by the ways of the world is your choice. I got news for you. The world is a dead-end street. The world is flowing down a negative flow. But oh, thank God, the word of the living God in your heart and in your mouth will cause you to be more than a conqueror and triumph always in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, look at Proverbs chapter 18. Notice this with me. Proverbs 18th chapter, the 21st verse. Says this, that death and life, that's pretty big, isn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Well, if death and life are in the power of the tongue, it must matter what we say. Well, pastor, how much does it matter what we say? Well, according to this verse, it's a matter of life and death. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. There are people literally that are talking so much death that if they're not careful, they'll talk themselves to death. There are people that are talking about how that they cannot control their diet. And if they don't watch out, their diet will take complete control of them. You know, it's a whole lot easier to say this. I don't desire to eat so much that I become overweight. But I present my body as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, which is my reasonable service. It's easier to say that than to say, man, I just eat everything that I see. I'm on the seafood diet. Now, I'm not trying to meddle with you. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying that negative words, death that are, words that are filled with death are a dead in street. It's a whole lot easier for me to say, my God supplies all my need, than to say, oh, Jesus, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, I know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, but I just feel like the Lord's not going to do it. Where's that going to get you? It's not going to get you anywhere. Amen. What do you say you and I live on the word side of life? What do you say we live on the happy side of life? And I'm telling you, the word of God will make you happy. It's like Jeremiah said, that word was found and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Amen. So if I were a doctor and I had a prescription to you, to give to you today, 
I would say, declare God's word daily. Because words are the most important thing in the whole universe. Words set spiritual laws in motion. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Romans the 8th chapter and the 2nd verse. There's two laws here. Now the word of God says we can choose life, we can choose death. The death and life are in the power of the what? In the power of the tongue. So we can choose whose words we're going to live by. Amen? As for me and my house, in this church, we're choosing to live by the word. But now notice these two laws. Read it with me if you would. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So we have been made free from what? We've been made free from the law of sin and death. Fear-filled words activate and license this law of sin and death to operate in your life or my life. Words contrary to the word of God license that law of sin and death to be activated. But oh, thank God, faith-filled words. I said faith-filled words. Faith-filled words, they dominate. What do you mean dominate? Faith-filled words dominate and always overcome the law of sin and death. When I speak and you speak words of life, words of strength, words of health, words of righteousness, what that does is that activates this higher law. This higher law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus goes into operation as we align ourselves with faith-filled words and it causes you and me to be lifted up above this lower law of sin and death. Amen. The Bible says that the tongue of the wise, do you consider yourself a wise person? It says that the tongue of the wise speaks health. The tongue of the wise speaks health. When you speak words that are filled with life and filled with health, it elevates you above those things that try to bring you down. Amen? And uh, if we have time today, I'll go through real quickly some scriptures about what you can do to speak health to your body. How many of you know that God made your body? He's the creator. Since he's the creator of your body, he knows how to heal your body. Amen? Amen? He made us out of the dust of the ground. And he's given us his word to speak into our lives so that we might have health and healing at all times. The scripture says this. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart. And he said, this is the reason why. He says, because my words are life to those that find them. And they are health or medicine to all their flesh. So what I'm encouraging you today is find the word. Believe the word and speak the word. Amen. 
Now, I understand that life can be difficult. I understand that circumstances can sometimes be overwhelming. We do not deny the fact that we're going through something, but we accept and acknowledge the fact that the Lord is taking us through the valleys of the shadow of death of this life, and He's bringing us to the other side. So when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, make sure that you keep your eyes on scriptures that are full of life. No, 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 I'm not here telling you that we won't face tests. I'm not here telling you that we will not be sometimes in the midnight hour. But what I'm here to tell you is the word of God is never void of power. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what circumstance you're facing, this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has God's power in it to bring you up and to take you through to the other side. Amen. And I say those things because I know I've pastored for about 40 years. I know what people face. I know what people go through. I've been through some things myself. I understand. God understand. He's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. But what moves him and what causes him to watch over his word to perform it on your behalf is when you take his word and believe it and speak it and put your stake in the ground and say, no matter what I feel, no matter what it looks like, I'm living by faith and not by sight. And my God will take me through. Amen. Amen. We are not denying the circumstance. We are denying its right to obliterate us. Come on, somebody. Help a preacher out. Somebody says, yeah, Pastor, you just don't know. You just don't know. I may not know all you're going through. And I have compassion for you. But I do know a good God, a good, good Father whose hand is upon you and who will never leave you or never forsake you. Even at a time of death, He's with you. He's for you to put you over. You understand? You understand what I'm coming from? I'm not here telling you some sort of false doctrine. I'm telling you something that works. Say it with me three times. God's word works. Two more times. God's word works. One more. God's word works. Woo, glory. And that was not in my notes. All I'm saying is this. Faith-filled words, no matter what you're facing, will put you over. But fear-filled words will defeat you every time. Words are like containers. They carry power. They carry love. They carry faith. They can carry hate. Or they can carry fear. Words are seeds sown with our mouth that produce after their own kind. Look at Mark chapter 6 real quickly. Mark chapter 4 verse 26. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one because we understand that whatever a man sows, that shall he also what? Amen. Amen. You know this, that words are seeds. The word of God are seeds. And the ground is your heart. 
And so Jesus said this in verse 26. He said, so is the kingdom of God. We're talking about the kingdom today. As if a man should sow seed into the ground. How do I sow seed into the ground of my heart? I speak God's word over my life. Amen. And should sleep and rise day and night, should spring up and grow up. He knows not how. But thank God the earth bringeth forth of herself, fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Hallelujah. Read verse 29 with me. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately put it in the sickle. Why? Because the harvest is come. So God's word is incorruptible seed. That within it has the ability, the DNA, to cause itself to come to pass. Isn't that good news? That means you don't have to cause it to come to pass. You do your part, and he'll do his part. I think the problem sometimes is people are waiting for God to do their part, but they're not doing anything themselves. Now, God is merciful, and God is a God of miracles, and he will show up strong in our life in spite of ourselves. Amen? But ultimately, when you've been in the Word of God for a period of time, and you sit in a church like this, and churches like this all around the nation, there is responsibility then on your part to do your part. And this is just one part that we do. One part that we should be doing is speaking God's Word every day. Amen? Now listen, Romans ten seventeen. Here's what happens when you do this. Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith cometh by what? By hearing. And hearing by the rhema or by the spoken word of God. Listen to this statement. I discovered that faith comes more quickly when I hear myself quoting and speaking and saying the things that God said. It's good for you to hear the anointed word which you're hearing today. It will exhort you, it will comfort you, it will edify you, it will challenge you. But at the end of the day, what you do with what you hear is important for your life. Amen? So words then are the building blocks which we construct our lives and our future with. Words set the cornerstone for our lives. Words set boundaries which can confine us or release us. Words have creative ability. Words of God, Charles Cap says, believed and conceived in the heart and spoken out of the mouth become a spiritual force that releases faith, which is the creative ability of God. And that's in your book that you will see when we pass it out in a few moments. Say it with me, faith-filled words set the course for my life. One more time, faith-filled words frame our world. Now just think about it as we look at Hebrews the 11th chapter and the third verse. Man, God is the master builder, would you not agree? And He built this whole universe with words. God said, let there be light. What happened? You look at Genesis 1. 
God said, God said, God said, God said. I think God wanted wanted us to get it. When God said it, it was. And then the Bible says, He made man a living soul. Literally in the Hebrew, man became a speaking spirit. With the creative power of God and the ability to say God's word as an imitator of their father. Amen. So imitate him by speaking words, words of faith. We know this, that he laid the foundation and framed our world with his words. I love this statement. He made the visible world from things that were not visible. He made the visible world from things which were not visible. Hebrews 11.3, let's look at that verse together. And let's read it. You're doing so good today. Let's read it with a little spizzerinctum. Amen? One, two, three. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God's words brought forth things that are not visible into the visible realm. This is the principle of faith in operation. And I want to say to you this morning that faith-filled words can frame your world. In the same way that God frames and maintains and guides and propels the visible world with his invisible words, our visible personal world can and should be framed by God's invisible word. Now there's a lady in Michigan that's very well known for her teaching on the basics of faith and the basics of prayer. Her name is Beth Jones. Her and Jeff have a great church in Michigan. And I want to quote something that she said. I love this. Beth Jones said this. We can frame our world, our walk with the Lord, our emotional and mental health, our physical strength, our relationships, our marriage, our family, our ministries, our finances, and our success in life by simply speaking God's word. Hallelujah. So he says, well, I don't like the way my world looks. Then change what you're believing and change what you're saying. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been believing and saying the right things. It's just a matter of time before it's harvest time. Hold fast the confession of your word. Don't be discouraged or allow yourself to quit. The Bible says, hold fast. You know, the mere reason that he told us to hold fast to our confession means this, that there's something on the other end of that rope that you're holding that's trying to pull against you. And that's the law of sin and death. But oh, thank God, if you'll keep holding fast, and you'll keep walking by faith and not by sight, you will see the harvest come. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so I close with this because of the sake of time today. I want to give you a little further instruction, but we'll talk about some of these things more. I've got this in my spirit. It's time for us to speak up. I know if you're like me, it's easy to let some of these things slip. Amen. It's easy to get on fire for 30 days and speak God's word, but it's so important 
that we do it on a regular basis. Martin Luther King said this. He said, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Does it matter? Do your finances matter? Does it matter where you finish your course? Does it matter whether your kids are safe? How about, does it matter whether this church is safe? Does it matter that we proclaim that no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper? Does it matter if we corporately declare there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling, because he's given his angels charge over us and our property, and they keep us and our nation and this church in all of our ways? Amen. Amen. Please, I beg you, don't allow these things to slip. Don't allow them to slip. I mean, when you get up in the morning and you head out on the freeway, I did a hospital call down at Oakland Children's Hospital on Thursday. And it's a long trip from where I go to the hospital. But in the name of Jesus, I get on that freeway and I start pleading the blood of Jesus and start declaring protection over my life. I was coming down, you know, out of 24 onto 980 and 880. And this guy just, I was heading in one lane. Guy was heading from this lane. I was heading in that lane. And I'm thanking God that he missed me. He wasn't paying attention. But I know who was paying attention. The head of the church was paying attention. So give the head of the church something to work with. Don't let these things slip, guys. Don't let them slip. Because you've been disappointed. Or you've been discouraged. And don't get so cocksure of yourself. Don't allow yourself to get in pride. Well, nothing can happen to me. Well, I believe that. But let's line it up with the Word of God. And let's be humble about it and say, It's because of the mercies of God that I'm not consumed. It's because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Yeah, but what about a thousand at my side and ten thousand at my right hand? We have compassion toward them. Let's pray for them. But as for me in my house, glory to God, he's given his angels charge over us. Amen. That's a good hand clap for 9 a.m. Amen. I'll take it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Now listen. If the enemy can't get us to disobey God's command to speak words, he may go the opposite direction and deceive us into silence. If the enemy can get us to disobey God's word and commandment to speak God's word, he'll try to get you to not say anything. The enemy wants you to speak words of death. The enemy wants you to be silent. But we quoted it earlier and we're going to quote it again. Let the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to pass out God's creative power, this little booklet. If you already have this booklet, um, please don't raise your hand. But this book is our gift to you as part of the 30-day Speak the Word of God challenge. So those of you who want a copy of the book, please raise your hand. And the ushers are going to pass this out to you. And uh, thank you, guys. Just take a few moments. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah.
I just got some instruction the other day, yesterday actually, as I was preparing for this, of some things that might help you as you look at this. The first thing that I would like to say is read the book. It's a real short book. I don't know, you might be able to read it in 30 minutes. Don't speed read. Yeah. Don't speed read. Take your time. A lot of the things that I said today come right out of Dad Hagen's book, How to Release Your Faith. Great book. And out of Charles Capp's book, God's Creative Power. All right, who didn't get a book that wants a book? All right. All right, right here on the front, guys. We've got one more. Now, if you're a couple and, and you, you want a, another one, raise your hand. You know, you, everyone can have one because this will fit good in your suit coat. This will fit good in your, in your purse. And you can, you know, go in the bathroom on break and speak God's word. <laughs> or take a walk outside. And speak the word. We have run over there, guys. Thank you so much. Let's give our ushers a big hand, man. They're doing good. But, but here's what I got, and, and this is through experience. So just listen to me for another two or three minutes, and then we'll receive communion. Don't speed read the book. Once you read the book, you'll find instructions on different things to say daily. All right? You'll see that in the word, in the book. Now, what you might want to do, and this is what I did yesterday. This is what I did yesterday. I didn't sit down and confess it all at once. I broke it up over different portions of the day. Now, there are times where I will declare and I will say the scriptures all at once. Amen? But I've discovered this. Sometimes when we try to do all, everything at once, it can become ritualistic. And our heart and our mind can become disengaged with what we're saying. Just a thought, because you may want to do it the way that you're instructed to do, and I do it the way I'm instructed to do, but... Don't get on some sort of a treadmill of works where this is concerned. Do this in faith. Do this in faith. Then the Lord, for some reason, he gave me three Ps to instruct you with. Number one, pay attention to what you're saying. Pay attention to what you're saying. Number two, purposefully... Engage your believer with your speaker. Purposely engage your heart and your mouth. How do I do that, Pastor? Here's what I do sometimes, Joe. For example, the first scripture that we're instructed to say in this book is this. I am part of the body of Christ, and Satan has no power over me, for I overcome evil with good. What I'll do many times is I'll say, Lord, I believe and I say today, I'm engaging my heart and my, and my words. I'm part of the body of Christ. The devil has no power over me. For greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Say it to the best of your ability like you believe it and like you mean it. Amen. Or you may want to do this at the top of your confessions. 
Lord, I come before the throne of grace today, and I just want to thank you for your word. And I believe firmly in my heart. As I say these words filled with faith, I believe it and I declare it in the name of Jesus. And then just start your confessions. Now, purposefully engage your believer with your speaker. And here's another one that I've discovered that really, really helps me. And that is this, praise. Praise. In other words, mix praise and thanksgiving along with your confessions. Now, that may look like this. Oh, Lord. You may get to a certain part of the scriptures where it says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Amen. Just, you may want to pause every now and then. Just lift up a hand toward the Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you've made me a brand new creation, that I am your workmanship. I am so grateful. Mix praise with your confessions and you will see the Spirit of the Lord take hold with you and the anointing of the Lord come upon you, enabling you to see what you're saying and enabling you to have what you say. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you get anything out of this today? Say it with me. I am a doer. I am a doer. I am a doer of the word of God.